hello everyone happy new month the date today is november 3rd it is a friday so happy friday for those that are going to be listening to it today as i'm going to drop this later on today's uh, date like i said november 3rd 2023 it is exactly 4:04 p.m and it's basically the weekend for me you know like yeah the weekend is in full effect <laughs> i hope you guys are doing well i'm happy to be back recording i hope you all have had a good um week so far um and a good first of the year i mean sorry first of the new month as it is november 3rd you know we're in a new month almost end of the year what we have two more months left november december yeah so two more two more months left before the year ends so hopefully the year um as you all do a reflection has been going well and you feel as though you've completed your goals and if you haven't completed all your goals it is not too late we still have a few days left i think about 60 something days left within the year and god is capable of literally exceeding our wish exceeding our wants exceeding our desires i'm reminded of the scripture where it says that I'm going to paraphrase, but like, um, it basically says that a day is like a thousand years to the Lord and a thousand years to us is like a day to the Lord. And so I love that scripture because it tells us that time is not of essence to the Lord. Right. And so God can exceed anything that we hope and desire. His time and his ways and his thoughts are not the same according to ours. And so if we're looking at the time, looking at the months and saying, oh my gosh, we only have two more months and whatever I was hoping and believing God for, and I felt like God told me I was going to receive it has not come yet. Do not be discouraged. Do not get weary. Because God can literally exceed anything, right? It doesn't take God a million years or a few months or a million, whatever, to do anything. God can literally turn things around in the blink of an eye. And so all that just to say that the time that we have on earth as humans does not matter to God, right? God construction of time is not existent per se and so that's why god comes when he wants to one time never too late and so i don't know why i'm saying this but maybe someone needed to hear this because this is nothing has this has nothing to do with my message but as always as i speak i just pray that the holy spirit just you know drops messages that whoever's listening will need at the moment that they're receiving um this word for but anyways, let's open up in prayer. Today will be kind of short. We're going to do a case study, which I'm so excited about. Um, we'll do a case study on a character in the Bible, and we can learn a lot from this man. And we all know the story. Anyways, let me pray first before I get into it. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this uh, time to spend again with you, Lord God. We're so thankful to be back, to hear your words, and to understand more of who you are and what you expect from us, Father God. Help us to not only know your words, but to live according to your words, to love your words, desire your words, Father. God, to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, Lord, not because you want things to be added onto us, but because we want more of you, God. We want to know more of you. We want to walk with you, to love you, to adore you, and to honor you in the way that we live, act, speak, and so forth. Lord, God, bless this word as we will um, get ready to study this character. Lord, God, help us be transformed by the qualities and characteristic traits of who we'll be speaking about today, Father God. I pray for transformation, for health, for wealth, for restoration, and all the things that we're hoping and um, wanting from you, Lord God. Bless those that will listen, Lord God, and let this message go forth into the world to transform lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so I was literally in the midst of doing my quiet time, and after finishing, I'm like, whoa, this is such a great man of God that 
all of us, we know the story, right? I'm going to be speaking about the story of Noah. And we've all, I'm sure, heard the story, right? If you've been in the faith for a long time, or even if you're new to the faith, this is one of those classic stories that we hear of Noah and the ark, the flood and the animals and so forth. But one thing I was looking at, um, because, you know, prior to me uh, reading this, this was when before the month started, I typically ask God, like, okay, what should I read? And, you know, for the, the month, like what Bible chapter should I study? And so God told me to read the story of Noah. And the story of Noah is going to be from Genesis chapter 5 till chapter 10. So that is kind of like the few chapters that talks about who Noah was, what his story was, and how he had favor with God in essence. And so such a great little story to read, but so impactful because we get to see who Noah was and why did God choose Noah out of thousands of people who got killed within the flood. And we see why, right? And so basically today's message would be how to have favor with the Lord. And so we're going to analyze Noah as a case study because Noah, as I mentioned earlier, he had favor with the Lord. And out of so many people that died within the flood, God preserved Noah, right? And why is that? So like I said, I'm not going to read the story because... It is a few chapters. It's only five chapters. So hopefully you all can read this uh, whenever you have some time. It's such a great um, story to read. And honestly, again, this is a story that we, we were taught, you know, growing up in like school. I mean, not school. I'm sorry. At church, uh, Bible school. Right. That's what I meant. So when I went to Bible school, um, I was told of the story and it was very generic because I guess maybe they wanted to do it kid friendly. But the story was very generic. It was just knowing that, okay, God chose a man, there was a flood, um, God saved him, and he saved the animals. That's the gen- the basis of what I understood about who Noah was, right? But of course, as I grew up as an adult, I read the story. But reading it again today was just like, wow, I see why God chose Noah. I understand. And so again, like I said, today's title is basically going to be how to gain favor with God. And Noah was a man who had favor with God, right? There's lots of people in the Bible who had favor with God. And so today's case study will be about Noah and his story. And so like I said, it's going to be from Genesis chapter 5 till chapter 10. We're not going to read everything together, but please read this story on your own when you get a chance. Okay, thank you. And so really it goes, okay, so chapter five, basically summary, right? It talks about um, kind of everything that was going on around that time. It talks about the genealogy of who Noah came from, or sorry, the genealogy of where Noah came from. So it goes all the way to Adam, which was the first man that God made all the way up until Noah. And, you know, Noah was basically, um, Noah was a son of a man named Lamech. And so that was who Noah was, right? He was the son of a man named Lamech. And it talks about where Lamech came from all the way up until the man of Adam. And so that's what chapter five basically talks about the genealogy of Adam's, or sorry, the genealogy of Noah's ancestors. That is chapter five. And then in chapter six, we go on to talk about the wickedness of the world. That is the title. And so chapter six just kind of talks about all the sins that were taking place during the time of Noah. And so basically, um, these angels will corrupt. And it's well, my Bible tells me that they're giants on the earth. That's basically what who they were. They were giants on the earth. And so they were basically here on earth sinning and marrying human daughters and you know having sex with them and yeah all that 
So basically, this was something that God didn't like because a lot of sin was going on. The earth was really wicked around that time. And God was like, no, this is not going to happen because you guys are bringing me displeasure. And so all the sins that were caused by these uh, giants, right, and uh, earthly humans really displeased the Lord. And so God said, you know what? I'm going to bring you all's life down to 120 years and I'm going to destroy the earth in order to make a new earth where it's now righteous and filled with people who actually can live a righteous life and love me. And so what God said was that, okay, who will be this person that I would use in order to bring forth my glory? And so God searched the earth. He looked, he was like, hmm, all these evil people, like who will stand out? And then in verse eight in chapter six, he came to a man named Noah. And it said that Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord, right? And so I was asking like, why did Noah find favor in the eyes of the Lord? What was so special about this man? And so verse nine tells us exactly what was special about Noah and why he found favor in the eyes of the Lord. It says that Noah, I'm going to read this. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless amongst the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. And so that is exactly why Noah found favor with the Lord, right? So simple. He was a righteous man. He was blameless. And most importantly, he walked faithfully with God. And so what does it mean to be righteous, right? What does it mean for someone to be a righteous person? And so for me to summarize before I get the actual definition, I think being righteous is, as the the keyword says, being a right person. And so Noah was right in a sense where he lived a life that was upright. He lived a life that was pure, a life that was kind, right? So to me, what that looks like was that Noah was a kind person. He treated everyone kindly. He wasn't evil. He wasn't rude. Um, yeah, he was just a, a person that was had integrity, that was honorable. That is what to me means to, to be a righteous person. And so dictionary.com just says someone that's morally right or justified acting in an upright moral way is virtuous, right? So Matt, uh, Noah had a lot of virtue. He was a righteous person. He was that type of person that if he gave you his word, you knew that he was going to do as he said. His word was his bond, right? Because a lot of people nowadays, they're not righteous. You can't trust them. You can't depend on them. They're not honest. And Noah was that person. He was a righteous, honest man. The other key word is that he was blameless. And so for me, what that means is that somebody without spot, I just think of, of blameless as someone that is just like so pure, so holy, so righteous, right? And so what that looks like is like, no, he didn't sin. I'm sure he was a, you know, I'm sure he had days where he wasn't perfect, right? Noah was not a perfect man, but he was someone that avoided sin. He was someone that tried to live a, a life that was good, a life that didn't cause trouble. He was someone that maybe didn't gossip. He was someone that maybe didn't indulge in all these fleshly uh, desires. He was blameless. He was pure. He was without blemish, without sin. And so that's what it means for me to be blameless. And so dictionary.com says free from or not deserving blame. So he's guiltless, right? He's a pure person. He's guiltless. And that is exactly who Noah was. And lastly, it said Noah was faithful. He walked faithfully with God. What does it mean to walk faithfully with God? Walking faithfully with God looks like being righteous, right? Obeying God, obeying God, doing what God says, having faith in Christ, not doubting God, not, not, um, straying away from God, but having an intimate relationship with God. To walk faithfully with God means that you're obedient to God. And we'll talk about that. Like, let me just jump ahead, right? But in verse uh, 22, 
after um, God chose Noah to be this man that he would use in order to preserve the earth, it's God gave Noah instructions on how to build the ark and so forth. And in 22 reads, Noah did everything just as God commanded him. And so what that tells me is that Noah was obedient. That goes to show his faithfulness in his walk with Christ. In order to be faithful in your walk with Christ, you got to be obedient to God. Noah didn't question God. He didn't doubt God, nor did he try to modify the commands in which God gave him. He was an obedient person. He was righteous. He was faithful. He was blameless. That is why Noah found favor in the Lord. Because of these three qualities and characteristic traits, right? Noah was able to be chosen. And so we go on into the story. So this is uh, verse nine, right? It tells about the three reasons of why Noah had favor. Number one, he was righteous. So in order to have favor with God, we need to be number one, righteous. Number two, blameless. Number three, walk faithfully with Christ. That is how we are able to found faith, to find favor with God as Noah did. And so after uh God saw that all the violence and the sins were going on into earth, he decided to choose Noah because of the faithfulness that Noah had with him. And therefore, Noah found favor in the sight of the Lord. And so when Noah, sorry, when God chose Noah, God said, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to destroy the earth because these people are really corrupt in their ways. They're sinning and I'm not pleased with them. There's so much violence going on. And sadly enough, when we look at today's world, isn't that what is going on right now? Right? The world is so corrupt. The world is full of violence. The world is full of injustice. The world is full of hate, of anger, of evil. The world is so horrible right now. It's so dark right now. It's it's really at its worst. It's really at the point where um, it's hard for, for us to see light. It's hard for us to find people who are righteous, right? It's hard for us to find people that are living fully, wholly, righteously for God. Yes, those are there are definitely those people for sure, but based on how the world is going now it's more evil than good as it seems right as it seems it seems as though there's more evil than good because of just everything that's going on there's there's killings around the world there's genocides there's war going on there's shootings at at schools of killings of children there's rape there's murder there's so many evil nasty things going on around the world and this is exactly what was happening i'm sure around the time of noah and so god was like uh-uh we're not having none of this right and so he wanted to to destroy the earth and wash it clean with the flood and so anyway so after God told Noah his plans he was like I'm gonna choose you to build an ark and preserve my animals so God gave Noah very specific details on how the ark should be built he told him how high how wide how many levels and all this windows he gave him really precise instructions and so what this tells me about God's character is that God is so faithful right God is so loving because kind of like the story of Abraham. I remember when God was going to destroy uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham went back and forth with God and was like, okay, God, if you, if we find, you know, a few righteous people, will you destroy the whole world on account of these righteous people? God said no. And so I love that because God is so faithful. Although there's so much evil and, and hate going on in the world, if God finds someone that's righteous because of that one person, God will literally preserve the world, preserve a city, preserve a family, preserve a lineage because a person is righteous and that's exactly what God did here he saw Noah to be a righteous person 
And so God decided to preserve Noah and his lineage, right? Because Noah had three sons and a wife and all his sons, they had their own wives as well. And so um, that is a total of, you know, if they didn't have any, not counting kids, but he had three sons, three wives. So that is six people, Noah and his wife, six, seven, eight, that's eight total people. I don't know if they had, I'm sure they had children, right? They don't mention that, but that's eight adults that God preserved because of one righteous person. How insane is that? Right. And what that tells me is that the people we're connected to matters. Right. The people we're connected to matters. The Bible says, can two walk together unless they agree? They cannot because one wants to go left, one wants to go right, one wants to go up, one wants to go down. You guys are going to be in friction. And so it's important that we surround ourselves with people that are like minded and people who have the same perspective in life as we do um, because the people that we walk with matter. Noah's lineage, his family was saved because Noah was righteous, because Noah was blameless, because Noah was faithful in his walk with the Lord. Noah was the only person that found favor with the Lord. But guess what? Six, sorry, seven other adults were rescued and saved because of their connection to Noah. So who are you connected to? Who are you connected to? Can that person save you? Can that person redeem you? Can that person help you because of their righteousness, because of their blamelessness, because of their faithfulness? Noah was faithful, Noah was righteous, Noah was blameless. And because of that, he had favor with God, which in turn saved his wife and his three children and his three children's wives as well. So those that we're connected to really impacts the quality of life that we have. They can make or break us, right? Who we're married to, um, who we, we socialize with, where we work, all those things literally impacts the people that we become on this earth. And so it's really important that we choose wisely. We just don't blindlessly walk with people, right? But that we test, we test the people, we test the souls, we test their hearts and see where is the source, who is the source, and can this person be a good reflection of me and of Christ? And so back again to, um, the qualities of God after him giving Noah clear instructions. God is very detailed, right? We talked about God being faithful because he will preserve literally others because of one person's righteousness as he did with Noah and his family. But God is also precise in the things that he gives us. So God is a God of detail. We see that from the beginning when he made the world, right? God was so meticulous. He wanted to separate water from land, a light from dark. He just was so meticulous, right? On how he made the earth and how he made us as people and so God detailly yeah gives Noah clear details on how to build this ark in order to preserve his life and his family's life and so God gives us instructions we need to follow like Noah did in verse 22 I read about that where he did everything according to what God commanded and so that's what made Noah a righteous person and so going to chapter 7 right we're going to read verse 1 the Lord then said to Noah Go into the ark and you and your whole family, again, Noah's family was preserved because of Noah's uh, favor with the Lord, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Wow, I love that because Noah, out of all his generation, was found righteous. Can we be found righteous in this generation that we live in? In today's 21st century, can God call you righteous? Can God say your family is preserved because of your righteousness? Because as I mentioned, right, the people that we're connected to matters. But are those that are connected to you, do you have a good impact on their lives? Can you preserve them based on your righteousness, based on your faithfulness, based on your blamelessness, based on your favor with the Lord? Can you preserve your family? 
Are your children safe because of you? Is your husband safe because of you? Are your friends saved because of you? Are your family saved because of you? Are your coworkers saved because of you? Are we like Noah? Are we like that person that because of our favor with the Lord, because of our, our walk with the Lord, others are saved because of us? Can we say that about ourselves? Do we desire that about ourselves? It's a real question, you know, because some people don't desire that. And I don't know why, <laughs> but some people really don't, you know. And and I asked myself that question as I was reading this. I was like, man, Noah was, was like, wow. Like, I really admired that because he was somebody that was so righteous and faithful with the Lord that because of him, others were saved Right? Who is going to be saved because of me? Who's going to be saved because of you? So anyways, goes on to uh, how Noah was eventually able to listen to God. He built the ark according to the precise details, put the animals and so forth and so forth. Chapter eight, the flood came and it destroyed it. And, you know, Noah used uh, the dove. Well, first he used the raven. The raven wasn't trying to co- cooperate <laughs> in order to go check if the flood water had deceased and so then Noah sent the dove then eventually the dove came back what I found really interesting was that okay so Noah waited seven days right to send a dove and then when the dove came back the dove brought an olive leaf in order to show Noah that okay the earth was now good in order for Noah and his family to come but you know what's so interesting after Noah even even after Noah knew that the earth was good Noah still waited seven days and he sent the dove out again. But this time the dove dove didn't come. This is chapter eight, verses 12, if you want to follow along. And so what that was so interesting to me was because, well, first of all, the seven is the number of completion, right? It's the number of perfection. Um, God made the earth in seven days and sorry, six days and seven day God rested. So the seven is like a perfect number. It's a number of completion. It's a number of rest. It's a number of the Lord, right? And so... I found it interesting that Noah kept waiting seven days. And for me, I was like, why did Noah wait seven days? Like he knew the earth was good, but he still waited. And I think Noah waited on the Lord. Noah didn't rush ahead, even knowing that the earth was ready. Noah still waited. He wanted to be sure that he's not going according to his own thought and his own will, but according to the will of the Lord. And so I love that because in order to really find favor with God, we got to walk with the Lord. It said that Noah walked faithfully with God, and this is exactly why he walked faithfully with God. Noah trusted in the Lord. He waited on the Lord. He didn't trust in his own abilities. He didn't trust in his own knowledge or wisdom, but he trusted on the ways of the Lord. And therefore, he didn't rush out of the ark in order to go into the land, but he said, okay, I'm going to wait for God. I'm going to wait for God to move, and I'll move, right? So I love that because he waited, right? And I'm I'm reminded of... um, Moses. I love how when Moses, after he brought the Israelites out of Egypt, I remember when God sent the clouds of pillar to, to cover them. Noah, I mean, sorry, Moses told God that I won't go where you don't go, Lord. Unless you move, Lord, I'm not going to move. And so I, we need to have that same faithfulness, that same dedication, that same uh, 
hard for God where we're like, God, I don't want to do anything out of your will. I don't want to do anything that you don't instruct me to do. And so Noah had that same faithfulness, in my opinion, right? He waited seven days because he wanted to make sure that God was in it. He just didn't want to trust in his own abilities, but he wanted to trust that God was the one leading him. And he waited. And once he did, he came out of the ark. Okay, so now this is going to be in chapter 8, verses 20. I'm going to read it. It says, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and taking some of all the clean animals and birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings onto it. Going on to 21, the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. Okay, I love this so much because, wow, what is so amazing was that Noah, right? He could have came out and say, thank you, Lord, land, you know, dry land. Like, I'm finally out the boat because they're in the boat. Again, please read the story. The story has so much more details that I'm skipping over, right? The flood, I think, was for 100 and, um, 150 days. Yeah, please, please read over it. Um, there's so many details that I wrote down as I was doing my personal Bible studies, but I don't want this to be too long. So I'm just kind of skimming through a lot of important details that you all should go read but anyways noah was in the boat for over 100 days the flood was over 100 days and so noah could have easily came out and been so happy to be on land been so happy to be out of that tight cramped boat with animals and you know his family but yet noah came out and the first thing noah thought about was building an altar to the lord noah wanted to think God for maybe rescuing him, his family, and for using him in such a great way. And so Noah was like, God, I'm going to come out and build an altar to you and burn sacrifices in order to honor and glorify you. Noah literally loved God so much. He he walked faithfully to God. He wanted to please the Lord. And of course, the Lord was pleased. It says in 22, the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, which says that God was pleased in his heart. God found favor with Noah because Noah was a man that wanted to have favor with God. Noah was a man that wanted to please God. And so God, because of, of Noah pleasing him, he made a covenant. He said, I would not destroy people any longer because this righteous man has burned me an offering. And this righteous man has showed me that he is righteous, that he wants to walk with me. And so in chapter nine, it says that God made a covenant with Noah, right? And the covenant was the rainbow. He used the rainbow to say that, okay, anytime you see this, this would be a covenant that I will no longer destroy the earth. And prior to God making this covenant, right? God said that everything that has, uh, every living creature, right? Every creature of the land, the ground, the sky, you have dominion over. So God reiterated the promises that he first gave to Adam and Eve at the beginning, right? Where he made man and he said, subdue the earth and have dominion. God reiterated that same promise to Noah. And I love that because God said, Noah, because you've you're found favor with me, I want to give you so much more. And so what that tells me is that when we find favor with God, right, God will bless us. God will pour forth his grace, his mercy, his abundance onto us. And even backtracking, right, because Noah found favor with the Lord, Noah was preserved at a time of destruction. And so in today's world, as, I, as we've talked about previously, there's so much evil and so much horrible horrible things going on right now but that doesn't cause us to be afraid because when we find favor with God we are preserved we are covered we are secured 
you know, like when COVID came, for example, so many people died and it was such a tragic moment in our history. But those that found favor with the Lord, the Lord preserved us, right? If famine comes, the Lord Lord will preserve. Uh, preserve us. If war comes, the Lord will preserve us. And so what this lets us know is that when we truly find favor with the Lord, we are safe. We don't have to worry about anything. The economy does not affect us. The changes around us does not affect us because God is our is our provider. God is our protector. He's our shelter. And so just as God kept Noah and his family safe, God shall do the same thing for us as well. Okay, and yeah, so then, you know, going on uh, in the end of chapter nine, it talks about just God making a covenant and just how he blessed them and he blessed his family, his children. And it talks about how the children, they had their own kids and so forth. And that's just basically it. Then chapter 10 now goes into the descendants of Noah's sons and their children and how they had kids and so forth and so forth. But really just all I wanted to, to highlight is that in order to find favor with God, right, we need to have three things. We need to be uh, blameless before the Lord. We need to be righteous and we need to walk faithfully with the Lord. Noah did all these things and he exemplified it really, really well. And we got to obey God and do as he says and honor him and love him and walk according to his will. And God will bless us. God will preserve us. God will keep us safe as he kept Noah safe. Um, so that is really it. That is the case study for today. I wanted to just highlight this great man of God who um, really just had so many good qualities that we should strive to have and be as um, Noah was, you know, and just to have that favor with God by doing all these three things that honors God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this word, Lord God. Thank you for teaching us through the case study of Noah, what it means to have favor with you, Lord God. Thank you that you're God that honors your word, that honors your promise, that honors your covenant, Lord God. Because of your faithfulness and your love for Noah, God, you were able to bless him and bless those that were connected to him. I pray that, Lord, may we be a blessing to our our generations. May we be a blessing to our family. May we be a blessing to all those that are connected to us, Lord God. Help us, Lord, if we don't have favor um, to strive for that, to strive for that by living blameless, living righteous, and walking faithfully with you, Lord God. Help us to know you more, to desire to be more like you, Lord God, and just to keep doing your will and bringing honor and glory to you. Thank you, Father God. We praise you in most holy name. Amen. Okay, well, thank you all for joining today's uh, brief Bible study. I hope you all have a great weekend, and we will talk later. Okay, love you guys. Bye.